You are now listening to Unsolved Mysteries and Cold Cases. I'm your host, Steve Matthews, your guide into the shadowy depths of the unresolved, the enigmatic, and the chilling. Each episode, we'll delve into baffling disappearances, unsolved crimes, and tales that have slipped through the cracks of time and memory. Through interviews, expert analysis, and meticulous investigation, we'll attempt to piece together the puzzles that have perplexed minds for years. So, if you have a curious heart and a mind unafraid of the shadows, join me in unraveling the enigmas that refuse to be forgotten and give voice to the silent tales hidden within the folds of history. In the annals of maritime lore, few tales are as chilling, as enduring, and as steeped in mystery as that of the Mary Celeste. Her name echoes through the centuries, whispered on the salty sea breezes, a ghostly reminder of a puzzle that remains unsolved even after more than 150 years. Launched under the name Amazon in the distant year of 1861 from the shipyards of Nova Scotia, she was destined for a fate that would see her name forever linked with the unknown. A series of unfortunate incidents plagued her early years, leading to whispers about a cursed ship. The Amazon changed hands and was rechristened as the Mary Celeste, perhaps in an attempt to cast off the ill luck that seemed to cling to her hull. Yet, it was the voyage that began on a crisp autumn day in 1872 that would etch the name Mary Celeste into nautical legend. Setting sail from New York Harbor, the ship carried a cargo of industrial alcohol, Captain Benjamin Spooner Briggs, a seasoned mariner, his family, and a crew of seven. But a month later, the ship was discovered adrift in the Atlantic, its crew vanished as if swallowed by the sea itself. This is a tale of enigma, a maritime mystery that has ignited imaginations, fueled countless theories, and continues to baffle investigators to this very day. Welcome to the enigmatic voyage of the Mary Celeste, a journey into the heart of the unknown. Chapter 1. The Maiden Voyage of the Mary Celeste Nestled in the heart of Nova Scotia, the shipbuilding town of Spencer's Island buzzed with activity in the year of 1861. The air was rich with the scent of freshly cut timber, tar, and the tantalizing promise of new beginnings. At the heart of it all was the birth of a sturdy brigantine that would soon come to be known as the Amazon. Robert McClellan, a well-regarded shipbuilder, oversaw the construction. His hands, rough from years of shaping vessels that defied the mighty Atlantic, worked diligently on this latest creation. Under his keen eye, the ship took form, a beautiful 103 feet long, 25.5 feet wide vessel, a testament to the marriage of craftsmanship and functionality. Yet, the ship seemed to be born under an unlucky star. Just as it prepared for its maiden voyage, McClellan fell ill and passed away casting a shadow over the event. Regardless, the ship set sail, slicing through the waters with an air of majestic defiance. But the shadow lingered, and the Amazon's early years were plagued by a series of misfortunes. She suffered collisions at sea, financial woes of her owners, and even a damaging fire. By the time she was acquired by a syndicate of New York businessmen in 1868, whispers of a cursed ship had begun to circulate. They renamed her Mary Celeste, perhaps hoping a new name would bring a change in fortune. 
they could hardly have imagined that the name would soon become synonymous with one of the most enduring mysteries of the sea. While the legacy of the Mary Celeste was yet to unfold, her early years were an overture to a symphony of enigma and intrigue. The ship sailed onward, oblivious to the swirling speculations and the infamous destiny that awaited her. From her launch to her renaming, the Mary Celeste was a ship marked by fate and shrouded in an aura of mystery. Her journey had just begun. Little did the world know then, that her story was destined to bewitch the minds of generations to come. Under the cloak of a foggy morning in 1868, a syndicate of New York businessmen, led by the ambitious James Winchester, stood on the docks as their newly acquired vessel bobbed gently in the water. The ship was an unfortunate sight, damaged by the hardships she'd faced. The syndicate had purchased the ship from Richard W. Haynes for $1,750, a fraction of her initial cost. Winchester, however, saw potential, not problems. Winchester had made his fortune in maritime commerce, navigating the tumultuous waters of the industry with shrewd business acumen. For him, the acquisition of the former Amazon wasn't just an investment, but a project that held the promise of future glory. With hope gleaming in his eyes, Winchester christened the ship Mary Celeste, a symbolic act to sever ties with her troubled past. Over the next two years, the Mary Celeste would undergo extensive refitting. The once tired-looking ship was slowly transformed, emerging as a phoenix from its ashes. The decking was repaired, fresh planks of wood replaced the worn-out ones, the hull was carefully caulked to make it seaworthy, and a second deck was added. The ship that had been written off as cursed was coming back to life. In the hands of these New York investors, the Mary Celeste was reborn, bigger and better. Her tonnage increased from 198 to 282 tons. Despite her new American registry and flag, her British design still shone through, a blend of elegance and power. Her masts stood tall, her sails ready to catch the wind, waiting to embark on a voyage that would etch her name in the annals of maritime history. However, for all their hope and investment, the businessmen could not escape the whispering rumors of the ship's alleged curse. Unfazed, Winchester appointed the highly respected Captain Benjamin Briggs as the new master of the Mary Celeste. Briggs, an experienced seafarer, was seen as the perfect choice to steer the refurbished ship towards a prosperous future, shaking off the shackles of her troubled past. Little did they know, the shadows of mystery that had clung to the ship were not yet ready to release their grip. The Mary Celeste was destined for a fate more curious, more baffling than anyone on that New York dock could have possibly imagined. On the morning of November 7, 1872, a gentle mist hung over the bustling docks of New York Harbor. Sounds of the seagull's call and the rhythmic lapping of water against the hulls of moored ships punctuated the crisp air. Among the variety of vessels, the refurbished Mary Celeste, in all her glory, stood out. Captain Benjamin Spooner Briggs, a man of sturdy build with keen eyes reflecting years of nautical wisdom, was preparing for the voyage. He was a seasoned seafarer known for his stern discipline and devout Christian beliefs. The mission was to transport 1,701 barrels of raw industrial alcohol to Genoa, 
Italy, a cargo of high value but equally high risk due to its volatile nature. Briggs was not alone on this voyage. Joining him were his wife, Sarah, and their two-year-old daughter, Sophia. His family's presence on the ship spoke volumes about his confidence in the journey ahead. As for the crew, seven hand-picked men of various nationalities were to accompany him, each chosen for their skills and experience. The departure was filled with the usual commotion. Shouts of the dock workers, the creaking of ropes, the last-minute loading of provisions, all creating a symphony of organized chaos. Finally, as the sun rose higher in the sky, casting long shadows on the water, the Mary Celeste was unmoored. Her sails unfurled, catching the morning breeze, and she slowly began her journey, a graceful silhouette against the vast horizon. As the New York shoreline receded, Captain Briggs might have looked back one last time, not knowing it was a farewell to familiar grounds. The ship, carrying hopes and dreams alongside its precious cargo, was embarking on a voyage that would drift into the realm of the extraordinary, a journey that would soon become a cornerstone of maritime mystery. The air of anticipation was tinged with an unspoken apprehension. For beneath the routine, beneath the bustle, the ship and her crew were sailing towards a destiny that would baffle the world, becoming a spectral enigma forever etched in the annals of seafaring lore. The Mary Celeste was setting sail into the pages of history, but not in the way anyone could have ever predicted. Chapter 2 The Discovery of the Ghost Ship December 5, 1872, dawned like any other day aboard the British brigantine De Grazia. Captain David Morehouse, a seasoned mariner known for his steady hand and sharp eye, was overseeing his ship's journey through the choppy waters of the Atlantic. The day promised nothing more than the usual seafaring routine. But the ocean, in all its vast unpredictability, had other plans. As the day aged and the sun cast a golden sheen on the water's surface, a crew member spotted something unusual. A ship was drifting aimlessly in the distance, its sails flapping listlessly in the wind. Morehouse, alerted by the crew, trained his telescope on the vessel. His experienced eyes recognized the ship, it was the Mary Celeste. The recognition wasn't just due to his familiarity with other vessels at sea. It was more personal. Morehouse and Briggs, the captain of the Mary Celeste, were not only contemporaries but friends. Their paths had crossed several times, their companionship born out of shared voyages and mutual respect. An unwritten law of the sea dictates that one mariner does not ignore the distress of another. Honoring this code, Morehouse steered the De Grazia towards the drifting ship. As they neared, it was clear something was amiss. The Mary Celeste, once a picture of seafaring grace, looked like a ghost of her former self. There were no signs of life, no voices carried by the wind, no crew members attending the sails. The unease grew as the boarding party climbed onto the eerily quiet deck of the Mary Celeste. It wasn't just the absence of the crew that was unusual. It was the stark normalcy amidst the abnormal. The ship was in order, not the scene of chaos one would expect from a deserted vessel. That day, the De Grazia stumbled upon a scene that would puzzle the world for centuries. The Mary Celeste, a ship that had set sail a month ago, filled with life and purpose, 
was now a drifting enigma, a spectral silhouette against the setting sun. This was no ordinary day at sea. It was the day an ordinary ship morphed into an extraordinary mystery, the ghost ship, Mary Celeste. As the boarding party from the Day Grazia stepped onto the deck of the Mary Celeste, an eerie silence greeted them. The creaking of the ship and the lapping of waves against her hull were the only sounds punctuating the air. Oliver DeVoe, the chief mate of the Day Grazia and leader of the boarding party, began to assess the situation. DeVoe was no stranger to sea voyages or the misfortunes that could befall a ship. Yet, the scene before him was one that defied his maritime experience. The Mary Celeste was not a ship in distress, she was a ship abandoned. The ship's logbook, usually a detailed narrative of a vessel's journey, offered no clues. The last entry, made on November 25th, mentioned nothing out of the ordinary. The ship's chronometer and sextant, crucial for navigation, were missing, but the compass was undamaged. The single lifeboat was gone, possibly indicating an attempted escape by the crew. In contrast to the crew's disappearance, the ship's provisions suggested a journey still in progress. There was enough food and water to sustain the crew for six months. The cargo of industrial alcohol was largely intact, with only nine of the 1,701 barrels empty. Personal belongings, including those of Captain Briggs and his family, were undisturbed. As DeVoe and his team searched the Mary Celeste, they struggled to piece together a coherent explanation. The ship, capable of weathering much harsher seas, had been deserted in near-perfect condition. In the middle of the vast ocean, under the unforgiving scrutiny of the sky above, the Mary Celeste stood as a chilling tableau of unresolved mystery. The absence of chaos was what made the Mary Celeste an enigma. This was not a ship that had been hastily abandoned amidst a raging storm or a pirate attack. It was a ship that had been methodically deserted, leaving no traces of panic or violence, only unanswered questions hanging in the cool ocean air. This picture of unusual tranquility stirred the waters of speculation. The Mary Celeste was a ship in perfect order, but without a soul aboard to account for its story. The seeds of a mystery that would endure for centuries had been planted, and they would sprout a thousand theories, each more intriguing than the last. The unsettling calm on the Mary Celeste deepened as the men of the De Grazia searched the ship. Not a single soul was on board, not even a trace of a struggle or a hurried departure. It was as if the crew had vanished into thin air, leaving behind only the echo of their presence. The only tangible sign of the crew's departure was the missing lifeboat. Its absence was as puzzling as it was enlightening. The lifeboat's launch suggested that Captain Briggs and his crew had intentionally abandoned the Mary Celeste. But why would a seasoned captain like Briggs leave a perfectly seaworthy ship? The question hung heavily in the salt-laden air, as unanswered as the fate of the lost crew. Captain Briggs, his family, and his crew were seasoned sailors, people who lived and breathed the rhythm of the sea. They were well-versed in maritime challenges, weathering storms, and even fending off pirates. These were not people who would abandon a ship at the first sign of trouble. Yet, they had disappeared, leaving behind a vessel in near-perfect condition. While the absence of the lifeboat suggested an orderly evacuation, 
the absence of the ship's chronometer and sextant added a layer of confusion. These crucial navigation tools would have been invaluable in a lifeboat, yet they were missing from the ship. Did the crew take them, or were they lost in another incident? Adding to the conundrum were the personal belongings left behind. Captain Briggs's wife, Sarah, had left behind her sewing machine and a yard of fabric, the needle still threaded. This sight painted a domestic scene, starkly contrasting with the mystery that surrounded their disappearance. Each unturned corner, each unanswered question brought with it a growing sense of dread. As the shadows lengthened and the sky darkened, the ghost ship took on a more ominous aura. The Mary Celeste had transitioned from being a mere vessel to becoming the symbol of a perplexing maritime mystery. The lifeboat and its occupants were missing, gone without a trace. Captain Briggs, his family, and his crew were somewhere out there in the vast expanse of the Atlantic, their fate as unfathomable as the depths below. The Mary Celeste was now a ship without a crew, her story punctuated with an eerie silence that would echo through the ages. Chapter 3 The Growing Enigma The silence of the Mary Celeste was deafening, her deserted decks and empty rooms telling tales of lives abruptly halted. Yet, amidst the startling absence of her crew, another absence marked the mystery, the lack of a distress signal or a farewell message. Captain Briggs was a mariner of great experience and meticulous habits, known for his precise log entries and adherence to the maritime code. A man of his discipline would have, under normal circumstances, left some trace, some indication of his actions. But the logbook of the Mary Celeste ended abruptly, the last entry made nine days before her discovery. It held no clue, no hint of what was to come. The last entry read, November 25, lat 38.20, long 17.50, light winds and fine weather. Briggs had reported good sailing conditions, and the ship was well off course from where the De Grazia had found her. But why had Briggs not written more? The question stirred up a whirlpool of theories, each more bewildering than the last. Had a sudden disaster overtaken the Mary Celeste, the crew might not have had time to send out a distress signal. But the ship's condition belied such a scenario. The Mary Celeste was not a ravaged ship she bore no signs of a hurried evacuation. This was no sinking ship deserted in a moment of terror, but a ship abandoned with a seeming sense of order. And then there was the missing lifeboat. If Briggs and his crew had indeed left on the lifeboat, they would have been in no immediate danger, and certainly capable of leaving behind a message. Yet, the ship was as mute as the empty ocean that surrounded her. The absence of a distress signal the lack of a goodbye message, these missing pieces made the puzzle of the Mary Celeste even more enigmatic. Every creak of her timbers, every whisper of the wind seemed to carry a secret, a story waiting to be told. Yet, the Mary Celeste held her silence, her story swallowed by the same waters that bore her. This was a mystery not written in words, but an absence, an enigma woven not from what was found, but from what was missing. As news of the eerie discovery spread, it was as if a spark had ignited a bonfire. Newspaper offices across the Atlantic, from New York to London, were alight with excitement. The story of the Mary Celeste was a journalistic goldmine, 
a tale teeming with mystery and ripe for sensationalism. The headlines screamed of the ghost ship, the Seas Marie Celeste, the mystery of the empty vessel. The public was hooked, their imaginations captivated by the drama unfolding on the high seas. Everyone, from the seasoned sailor at the harbor bar to the urban dweller in the heart of the city, was engrossed. The Mary Celeste had captured the collective consciousness like no other maritime mystery. With each retelling, the story seemed to gain new layers, each more fantastical than the last. Some papers spoke of sea monsters, others of nefarious pirates, and some even hinted at supernatural forces. The truth was elusive, but the allure of speculation was irresistible. Among the media frenzy, one figure emerged as an unexpected player in the unfolding saga, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, a young doctor and budding author. His fictional account of the incident, J. Habakkuk Jeffson's statement, added another layer to the public fascination. Though his story was wildly imaginative, involving a conspiracy and racial tensions, it was accepted by many as a factual account. Such was the allure of the Mary Celeste mystery. As weeks turned into months, the Mary Celeste drifted from the realm of news to that of legend. She became a fixture in popular culture, a symbol of the unfathomable depths of the ocean's mysteries. Sea shanties, songs, and poems were composed, plays and novels written, all echoing the haunting tale of the deserted ship. The public intrigue surrounding the Mary Celeste was as endless as the sea she had sailed. She was no longer just a ship, she had become a myth, a ghostly apparition sailing forever in the public imagination, her crew forever lost to the tides of time, their fate an undying topic of speculation, mystery, and intrigue. While public speculation was rife and the media fervor relentless, officialdom took a more methodical approach. As the Mary Celeste was towed into the port of Gibraltar, her arrival marked the beginning of rigorous investigations aimed at shedding light on the mystery. Leading the inquiries was Frederick Solly Flood, the Attorney General of Gibraltar. Known for his astute legal mind and tenacious nature, Solly Flood embarked on the task with the resolve of a man pursuing truth. But the Mary Celeste was a puzzle that defied easy answers. Sally Flood's investigation was as exhaustive as it was meticulous. He examined everything from the ship's construction to the cargo it carried, from the personal effects of the crew to the ship's logbook. He conducted detailed interviews with the crew of the De Grazia, scrutinizing every piece of evidence with a discerning eye. Sally Flood's initial theory veered towards foul play. He postulated that the crew of the De Grazia might have murdered those on the Mary Celeste to claim salvage rights. But this theory crumbled under scrutiny. There was no evidence of violence, no motive for such an act. The De Grazia had found the Mary Celeste by chance, not design. He then turned to the cargo, theorizing that the alcohol fumes might have led to an explosion. Yet, this too proved unsatisfactory. The barrels were not charred, and the ship showed no signs of an explosion. Every theory seemed to raise more questions than it answered. As the investigation progressed, the truth seemed to recede further into the shadows. The courts convened, the testimonies were heard, the evidence examined, but the final verdict offered little closure. 
the disappearance of the crew was attributed to natural and unexplainable causes. It was a conclusion as enigmatic as the mystery itself. The legal and maritime worlds grappled with the conundrum, their collective wisdom proving inadequate in the face of the Mary Celeste mystery. The official investigations had run their course, yet the truth remained elusive. The verdict was inconclusive, the answers buried perhaps deep within the belly of the Atlantic, the secrets kept intact by the ghost ship herself. Chapter 4 the theories and speculations. The official conclusion may have been unsatisfactory, but the public's thirst for answers was unquenchable. As the trail ran cold in the courts, speculation heated up in the parlors and pubs. Theories abounded, each more extravagant than the last, turning the Mary Celeste mystery into a canvas for the imagination. One popular theory was that of pirates. The Atlantic in the 19th century was a hotbed for pirate activity, and tales of plunder and pillage were not uncommon. But the state of the Mary Celeste debunked this theory. Pirates would have looted the ship, but everything valuable, except for the ship's navigation instruments, was untouched. Then there was the theory of a giant squid or sea monster attacking the ship. Accounts of giant squids wrapping their tentacles around vessels had been passed down by sailors for generations. But again, the Mary Celeste showed no signs of a struggle, no indication of a battle with a leviathan from the deep. Speculation then drifted into the realm of the supernatural. Ghosts, spirits, and Bermuda Triangle-like phenomena were all put forth as explanations. Seafaring folk are a superstitious lot and the thought of the Mary Celeste as a cursed ship, plagued by some unseen force, was a theory that many found hard to dismiss. Yet, this too was based on conjecture, a chilling tale spun around a ghostly ship. One of the most intriguing theories involved the consumption of alcohol by the crew. But the cargo of denatured alcohol was unfit for drinking, and Briggs was known for running a temperate ship. Besides, a crew incapacitated by alcohol would have left signs of disarray, a condition starkly contrasting the ship's found state. Each theory, each postulation, was more spellbinding than the last. The mystery of the Mary Celeste had moved from the realm of maritime investigation to that of folklore and urban legend. Each explanation, no matter how unlikely or fantastic, added another stroke to the painting of a story that had already transcended the boundaries of reality, cementing its place in the annals of maritime lore. While tales of sea monsters and phantom forces made for riveting conversation, there were those who sought answers in the realm of the natural world and human behavior. These theories were less fantastical, grounded in known phenomena and human psychology, and perhaps for this reason, they were both less captivating and more haunting. One theory was that a water spout, a tornado at sea, had engulfed the Mary Celeste. It was a feasible explanation given the unpredictable nature of the Atlantic weather. A sudden water spout could have forced the crew to abandon ship in panic, only to be swept away by the sea. However, the lack of damage to the sails and rigging, typically associated with such a phenomenon, cast a shadow of doubt over this theory. Another plausible explanation was that of an underwater earthquake or a seaquake, a little understood but potent natural disaster. Such a seismic event could have panicked the crew into the lifeboat, 
believing their ship was about to sink. But again, this theory, while plausible, lacks substantial evidence. One of the most widely accepted theories was that of an explosion caused by fumes from the ship's cargo of industrial alcohol. In this scenario, Briggs, fearing an imminent explosion, might have ordered the crew into the lifeboat, tethering it to the ship with the intention of returning once the danger had passed. A sudden wind or a rogue wave could have snapped the tether, leaving the crew at the mercy of the sea. But this too remains a speculation, as no signs of fire or explosion were found. Lastly, there was the unsettling notion of a collective hallucination or a bout of madness among the crew, possibly caused by food poisoning or the consumption of contaminated water. Such a scenario might have driven the crew to abandon ship in a fit of delirium. This chilling theory was a reminder of the isolation and psychological stresses faced by sailors on the vast, featureless sea. The theories rooted in natural phenomena and human error were less sensational but no less unnerving. They painted a picture not of mythical creatures or spectral forces, but of an unforgiving ocean and the fragility of human life and sanity in the face of nature's whims. But as with all other theories, they added another layer of speculation to the mystery of the Mary Celeste, a mystery that continued to confound and captivate. The theory of explosive fumes is one that has received considerable attention, and it hinges on the ship's cargo, 1,701 barrels of industrial alcohol. This theory, not based on spectral apparitions or mythical creatures, but on the mundane reality of chemistry and fear, perhaps has the greatest resonance. The scenario unfolds like this, as the Mary Celeste plowed through the rough waters of the Atlantic, a few barrels might have leaked their volatile contents into the ship's hold. The temperature in the hold, combined with the movement of the ship, could have turned the leaked alcohol into a dangerous vapor. It was Captain Briggs, a seasoned sailor and a cautious man, who might have first noticed the subtle smell of alcohol wafting from below. With each whiff of those potentially explosive fumes, the dread could have built within him, a silent specter more terrifying than any sea monster. Perhaps the crew, under Briggs' instruction, managed to ventilate the hold, releasing the pent-up fumes into the atmosphere. This would explain the open hatches and the upturned state of the ship when found, as if hastily abandoned. In the face of an unseen and volatile threat, the crew may have decided to abandon ship. Briggs would have known the dangers of both staying aboard and venturing into the open sea in a lifeboat. It's easy to imagine the desperate dilemma faced by Briggs. In the end, he might have chosen to lead his crew away from the ship, tethering the lifeboat to the Mary Celeste, intending to return once the danger had passed. This theory, of explosive fumes and fear, paints a picture that is as haunting as any ghost story. It brings to life the human drama that must have unfolded aboard the Mary Celeste, the difficult decisions made under duress, and the cruel twist of fate that might have befallen the crew. However, even this plausible theory is not without its detractors. Critics argue that no signs of an explosion were found and that the alcohol on board was non-potable, reducing the chances of it vaporizing into an explosive mix. So, even though the theory of explosive fumes and fear provides a feasible explanation, it still leaves room for doubt, making the mystery of the Mary Celeste as captivating as ever.
Chapter 5 Continued Search for Truth As the years passed, the story of the Mary Celeste evolved from contemporary mystery to historical enigma. Yet, the advent of modern science rekindled hopes of unraveling the century-old riddle. New techniques and technologies offered fresh perspectives, and investigators set out to probe the mystery with renewed vigor. Among the frontrunners of these efforts was marine scientist Phil Richardson from the Woods Hole Oceanographic Institution. His focus was not on the ship but on the sea, specifically the patterns and behaviors of the Atlantic Ocean. He plotted the probable course of the Mary Celeste from the point of its desertion to the place it was found. The trajectory suggested the ship could have sailed unmanned for the eleven days that separated the two events. This finding lent credence to the theory that the crew had abandoned the ship far off the coast. But it did not provide the reason for such an action. For that, researchers turned to the ship itself, or rather, replicas of it. In 2007, documentarian and McGregor embarked on a groundbreaking project to reconstruct parts of the Mary Celeste to test the explosive fumes theory. Collaborating with a team of scientists, she recreated the ship's hold and used a scale model to conduct a series of experiments. The team found that the conditions required for an alcohol explosion were indeed possible in the ship's hold. More importantly, they found that such an explosion would not leave scorch marks, explaining the absence of any signs of fire on the Mary Celeste. However, even as science shed new light on the old mystery, it couldn't provide conclusive proof. The experiments only demonstrated a possibility, not a certainty. The crew's fate remained hidden in the Atlantic's depths, the Mary Celeste's secret locked away in a bygone era. Modern scientific advancements offered a tantalizing glimpse into the circumstances surrounding the Mary Celeste's voyage. While they failed to deliver a definitive verdict, they breathed new life into the quest for answers, ensuring the Mary Celeste's place in the realm of timeless maritime mysteries. Alongside scientific advancements, historical scrutiny has played an equally critical role in the ongoing quest to unravel the enigma of the Mary Celeste. A fresh look at old evidence and the discovery of previously overlooked facts have led to a more nuanced understanding of the circumstances surrounding the ship's final voyage. Charles Eddie Fay, an accomplished maritime historian, was among those who took on this task. Fay delved into the historical and legal documents associated with the Mary Celeste, painstakingly examining the minutiae of testimonies, reports, and court records. One discovery of particular interest was a notation on the ship's logbook on the morning of the crew's disappearance. It pointed out an incorrect recording of the ship's position, which suggested that Captain Briggs may have believed he was closer to the perilous Azores than he actually was. This newfound evidence presented a potential trigger for panic and hasty abandonment of the ship. In 2011, a new clue surfaced in the form of a letter written by Arthur Conan Doyle the creator of Sherlock Holmes. It turned out that Doyle had extensively researched the Mary Celeste mystery and had even published a fictional account based on the event. In the letter, Doyle shared his belief that fear had driven the crew into the lifeboat, hinting at the explosive fumes theory. Re-examining old evidence also led to debunking of some theories. For example, 
The previously accepted theory of alcohol explosion was called into question when it was pointed out that the nine barrels found empty on the Mary Celeste were made of red oak, unlike the white oak barrels that remained full. Red oak was known to be more porous and therefore more likely to leak, suggesting a non-explosive reason for the empty barrels. Despite these strides in reinterpreting evidence, no definitive answer has been reached. Yet, the process of re-examining the past provides invaluable insights into the human experience, pushing us to question, explore, and think critically about the world around us. Thus, while the Mary Celeste continues to be a historical puzzle, its exploration remains a testament to our unending curiosity and pursuit of truth. In the wake of modern revelations, some investigators took a more hands-on approach to solving the Mary Celeste mystery. The idea was straightforward yet audacious, recreate the voyage, complete with a meticulously replicated ship and a carefully planned route. Among these ambitious ventures was a project led by maritime explorer, Clive Cussler. Cussler and his team built a scale replica of the Mary Celeste, striving for historical accuracy down to the smallest details. Every nail, plank, and sail echoed the craftsmanship of the 19th century, transforming the project into a living piece of maritime history. The team even included barrels of industrial alcohol, just like the original Mary Celeste. The journey began in New York and traced the intended route of the Mary Celeste across the Atlantic. Cussler's team faced the same volatile ocean conditions, the harsh winds, and towering waves. The sailors experienced firsthand the challenges that Briggs and his crew would have encountered, which imbued them with a deep sense of connection to the original voyage. As the replicated Mary Celeste sailed on the open sea, experts monitored her every move, studying the ship's behavior under different weather conditions and sea states. They aimed to understand how such a ship might have behaved unmanned, whether it could have sailed the distance it supposedly did without a crew. The project was as much an immersive historical experiment as it was an adventurous sea voyage. It offered a visceral understanding of life on board the Mary Celeste and the formidable challenges of 19th century seafaring. However, the recreation, like the investigations before it, did not reveal what happened to the crew. The mystery of the Mary Celeste remained unsolved, and the recreated voyage didn't provide definitive answers. Nevertheless, it added another layer to our understanding of this enduring maritime mystery. More than that, it was a tribute to the age of sailing, a salute to those brave souls who dared to venture into the unknown, driven by the lure of discovery and the call of the sea. Chapter 6 The Enduring Mystery of Mary Celeste The mystery of the Mary Celeste might be its most famous tale, but the story of the ship did not end with its discovery drifting in the Atlantic. The ship continued to sail long after, carrying cargoes and stories across the sea. However, it was its final voyage that signaled a hauntingly poetic end to the vessel's storied career. In 1885, a far cry from its original glory, the Mary Celeste was acquired by a man named Gilman Parker. Parker was a ship's captain, but not a particularly reputable one. Known for his unethical practices, he saw in the Mary Celeste a chance for one final, lucrative scam. Parker overloaded the ship with worthless cargo, intending to wreck the vessel and claim the insurance money. 
To this end, he sailed the Mary Celeste towards the reefs off the coast of Haiti. But the ship, as if echoing its history of resilience, did not go down easily. For days, the ship resisted Parker's attempts to wreck her, battling against the punishing waves and the reef's sharp crags. The imagery of the Mary Celeste, with tattered sails and a defiant mast, struggling against her own captain's treacherous designs, is a scene charged with tragic irony. Eventually, the Mary Celeste met her end, succumbing to the relentless assault of sea and reef. When she finally broke apart, the cargo was revealed to be worthless, exposing Parker's scheme. The captain faced justice for his deeds, dying a broken man. As for the Mary Celeste, her remains lay beneath the Caribbean waters, a poignant reminder of a saga that stretched beyond the realms of maritime history into the heart of human mystery. Even in her silent grave beneath the waves, the Mary Celeste continues to whisper of enigmatic voyages and the unending allure of the sea. The Mary Celeste has left an indelible mark on popular culture, becoming synonymous with the mysteries of the sea. Its story has been retold in countless books, songs, movies, and television episodes, each capturing the intrigue and speculation surrounding the ship's enigmatic journey. The first significant contribution came from Arthur Conan Doyle, the creator of Sherlock Holmes. Although a young medical student at the time, Doyle was so moved by the Mary Celeste's tale that he wrote a short story titled J. Habakkuk Jeffson's Statement. His fictionalized account, filled with captivating details and plot twists, fueled public fascination and popularized the term ghost ship. In the realm of cinema and television, the Mary Celeste has inspired numerous productions. Among these is the 1935 film The Mystery of the Mary Celeste, featuring Bela Lugosi, best known for his portrayal of Count Dracula. In more recent times, an episode of the popular animated series Scooby-Doo, Where Are You?, sees the gang encountering a ghostly sea captain and his phantom ship, a clear nod to the Mary Celeste. Music has also embraced the lore of the Mary Celeste. The ship and its story have featured in songs from a range of genres, from the folk ballad Mary Celeste by the Irish Rovers to the heavy metal anthem Ghost Ship of the Blind Dead by Cauldron Bourne. Yet, the cultural impact of the Mary Celeste extends beyond mere entertainment. It has spurred scientific curiosity and historical investigation, provoking deeper questions about maritime safety, the psychology of fear, and the human capacity for survival. Above all, the story of the Mary Celeste continues to capture our collective imagination, reminding us of the sea's enduring mystery and our timeless fascination with the unexplained. The Mary Celeste, now a cultural icon, is more than a ship, it's a symbol of human curiosity, the thrill of the unknown, and the allure of an unsolved mystery. As the final chapter in the tale of the Mary Celeste, we are left with a puzzle that remains, to this day, unresolved. Despite the vast strides we've made in technology and maritime understanding, the ship's enigmatic story continues to confound the sharpest minds and the most audacious adventurers. Over the years, many have attempted to unravel this maritime mystery, each approach unique, mirroring the diverse array of people drawn to the tale. There were seasoned sailors like David Morehouse, captivated by the strange sight of an unmanned ship drifting in the Atlantic. 
There were scientists and investigators, like those who meticulously analyzed the ship's logbook and cargo manifest. Then there were the writers and artists, people like Arthur Conan Doyle and Clive Cussler, who breathed life into the cold facts and dry reports, spinning tales that captured the imagination of millions. Each person who encountered the mystery of the Mary Celeste added a new layer, a new perspective, but none could definitively answer the question, what happened to the crew? As we gaze into the pages of history, the story of the Mary Celeste stares back at us, much like the vast expanse of the open sea, deep, mysterious, full of stories, but ultimately unreadable. It remains a testament to the unpredictability of nature and the inexplicability of certain human experiences. Perhaps the enduring mystery of the Mary Celeste is its most profound legacy. The ship continues to serve as a reminder that despite our progress and understanding, there are still things in this world that baffle us, that elude our comprehension. In the face of such mysteries, we are reminded of our place in the vast tapestry of existence. We are reminded that we are but voyagers, navigating the uncharted waters of life, forever drawn to the lure of the unknown.